Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I'm your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern in charge of milk and cereal, codename Legion Cub. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, look for us live at conventions in your area where you may be able to get an Audible Interlude podcast hat that you can't see, but I'm pointing at right now because <laughs> it's on my head. Uh, and also check out the Needless Things store on Public, and you can get yourself an Audible Interlude podcast t-shirt in, in literally any color you can imagine. It's really amazing what you can do now with t-shirt internet technology i've got a pretty wild imagination so i'm looking for <laughs> some great color combinations by the whole, next podcast a whole rainbow worth of t-shirts you, you can get yourself a lime chartreuse swirl if that's what you yes. want yes you actually can't get that i, oh, I i'm that sorry to disappoint great for our next convention Would, wouldn't it though I'll open my jacket and blind everyone. Wrong answers. Well, the the audience would say, you know, that GI Joe, the Audible interlude. I don't remember what they talked about, but those alarm lime chartreuse T-shirts <laughs> sure were something, weren't they? Uh, please also check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, lots and lots of toy reviews, and I've reviewed every classified release thus far, and will continue doing so. Uh, and check on the polls if you're listening to this on spotify apparently there's a way you can take a poll uh so every every month i throw one up there and last month's poll was who is the best troop the options were cobra trooper crimson guard battle android trooper viper and alley viper and we have a three-way tie 33% <laughs> chose the Cobra Trooper, 33% chose the Crimson Guard, and 33% chose the Viper. So, sorry, Bat and Alley Viper, wow. which, by the way, the, the current, like, sweethearts of G.I. Joe toy collecting and didn't even make the cut. So, they there didn't you make go. the Sweetheart Parade. No, yeah. they did not make Cobra's Sweetheart Parade. Yeah, that's surprising still. Okay. And, uh, and if you do catch us live, you will be able to participate live in a uh, tournament-type event to determine, you know, something about G.I. Joe. We've already got something planned for our... Well, I'll go ahead and say it, uh, because we are, uh, to the best of my knowledge, scheduled for a panel at uh, Joe Fest in Augusta. We'll talk more about that next month, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there. So if you come out to Joe Fest, we'll have some hats, we'll have some stickers, uh, and we'll have a great time, big, uh, big time audience interaction. If you go back and listen to our Dragon Con episode, you'll hear what we're talking about. Uh, you can also check out on the Needless Things podcast. I recently did an interview with Word Burglar, uh, who is responsible for the absolutely unbelievably incredible Welcome to Cobra Island album. Uh, he's awesome. He's great. We talked a lot about G.I. Joe, but a lot about some other stuff, too. Uh, and then I want to mention as far as live events, we're not there in an official capacity, uh, but some of us will be at Toylanta the weekend of March 18th, just hanging out, walking around, looking for G.I. Joe toys. So if you see us, say hi. If, if it yes. arrives in time, I will have my Audible Interlude t-shirt on, uh, but I'll, I'll probably be wearing my hat at least. 
I'm going to definitely try to make it out depending on work schedules because they yeah. seem to be changing again. Well, dude, that's been my problem for the past like six years because I was talking to my wife trying to figure out like when is the last time I even went to Toylanta because I missed two years because of the pandemic and then at least two years, maybe three prior to that, just because because of my work schedule. I went uh, and bought a house the weekend of, <laughs> of uh, Toylanta three years ago, so I haven't well, been you, in four years. You had the, the quite quite the purchase for Toylanta yeah. weekend. <laughs> well, you get you know we we spend all year buying toys. Sometimes you got to buy a place to put the toys. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so we we got did did everybody? I, I'm sorry, I can't keep track of this stuff with you guys. Did everybody get the O ring set, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow? I did. Ooh. I did not. Okay, Kristen, you were like, no, no ring, no, no ring, no ring. Uh, <laughs> so, no, we we both got them. Uh, and, and again, Needless Things YouTube channel, you can check out my review. Uh, I'm like, I love the figures. I love the figures. I love the accessories that were intended to come with the figures. Uh, I don't like the extraneous packaging and extraneous accessories. And I certainly don't like the price tag, which we'll discuss more in a little bit here. The ever-growing price tag. Right. Yeah. I haven't even opened mine, but I, I will say I am not a fan of the packaging. And uh, the the card backs are of such low quality. And it's the same thing with the retro line that was at Walmart. And it's really odd because if you look at some of the other stuff that Hasbro's putting out in like retro lines, like the... Um, the Marvel retro figures are putting out yeah. those card backs are incredible. They look just like super seven. I mean, they're the same quality. So I don't understand why they're cheaping out so bad on these card backs because it just, it just makes me feel less enthusiastic overall about the product. Well, and it also makes it feel like they see GI Joe is lesser than because, right. you know, you mentioned mm -hmm. the, the Marvel retro figures, but also there are transformers beast wars out on really nice card backs right mm -hmm. now the real ghostbusters that they put out they're not quite mm -hmm. super seven nice but they are they're keep like keep a setment on card quality nice right. whereas these are they're well but you know what it's the same thing with vintage collection star wars vintage collection has not great card backs it's it's about the same quality as gi joe so i don't know i don't know what the differentiation is i don't know why they look at at say uh, a retro beast wars rat trap and are like we're gonna put him on a nice thick card back and then they look at this collector aimed storm shadow and snake eyes set and say well we're just gonna put them on tissue paper right in in a completely unnecessary relatively cheap looking box with the wrong artwork on it yeah which yeah. i guess is just an excuse to justify inflating the price i'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later I, I, on as yes well. i i don't know it's very strange to me and 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 look like i said i love the figures i'm excited about the line but some of the decisions they're making about what's around those figures are just baffling to me but yeah we'll discuss more on those later but anyway as far as the first launch like i got the figures in hand i was like man these are really cool they make me happy but you're right it it does some things around it kind of reduce my happiness and enthusiasm uh for it uh collecting the art of gi joe omnibus hardcover uh it's successfully funded like insanely uh it is closed now 
Uh, I, I backed it. I got my copy. I'm super excited about this, but I just wanted to update and let everybody know that it did close out. It funded and it's, it's underway and they're yep. really I, solid with the updates. I think it was pretty well funded last time we talked about it. It just was, yeah. it had not closed yet, right. but uh, right. yeah, it, it closed and it was, I mean, like, it funded in like a day or something, didn't it? Yeah. And it, it was yeah. like 10 times more than what they were with the right. initial goal was. So to uh, the point where they were having to figure out like, well, what are, our our additions now right yeah, so congrats to carson and everybody else who's responsible for working on that stuff it's it's amazing uh so we've got if you want to hear about all of the stuff that happened in the what would have been toy fair weekend uh the last episode of the needless things podcast we covered tons of toy fair news uh we of course left the gi joe news alone we'll be talking about that uh on this episode but something that was not a part of the Hasbro Fan Thirst Thursday. <laughs> I don't remember what they what did they what did they call it? Uh, Whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> were Mezco uh, kind of had their own little weekend of announcements and they showed Snake Eye. Well, they showed very limited looks at Storm Shadow uh, and then two pictures of Snake Eyes. I'm I'm all in on GI Joe 112 Collective because I'm already a 112 Collective collector. Uh, the Snake Eyes, you know, I almost wish he had tight pants. <laughs> like I get the urge, and this is what Mezco does. They don't do an exact recreation of a specific character, like they do a Mezco style. That's an amalgamation of, unless they're doing like Christopher Reeve, Superman, but if it, they're just doing a general version of say Batman, it's going to take like, Oh, well this Batman's utility belt looks cool, but this bat symbol looks cool. Like they kind of take different elements to create an ultimate version of the character. Uh, and this is a pretty much a version to snake eyes. Uh, but he's got the cargo pants, the fatigue pants on, and I'd kind of like to see the more tight pants version to look. And I get the, I get that everybody wants to do the tight shirt and the cargo pants, but I, I think it would have been interesting to, to make him a little more streamlined and, and like slick ninja looking, but figure looks great. I'm sure it will be great. Uh, the storm shadow that they revealed, it's literally just like the front portion of it or the top front of his chest and his head. But it looked cool. It looked storm shadowy. Yeah. Now they still haven't fully revealed the Firefly. They, they announced like eight months ago, right? No, they haven't. So, well, and Mezco, I think they've put the brakes on. Like they'll announce things, but I think since I've got a 1989 Batman that I've had on order since January 15th of 2020. <laughs> We have flown by that original November, December 2020 release date. Uh, so I think Mezco knows that they've got a lot of stuff that they need to get fulfilled. So they've slowed down on announcements. They've slowed down on like majorly detailed uh, things and are just kind of like, well, we're working on this. This is all we're going to show you. And you know, that means it's a ways off. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the GI Joe line continuing, hopefully roadblock will show up in the next couple of months here. Uh, he was originally, I think, March to May of this year. He might be May, June now. But, you know, with Mezco and, and with Super 7, I'm willing to wait for the good product. I don't want anything rushed. And Mezco has, has certainly delivered every single time. 
Uh, all right. A couple more little bits of news here. Hia Toys. Were you guys familiar with Hia Toys? Yes. I was not, uh, but you had mentioned that you weren't a fan of some of the other products they put out. Yeah, I'm uh, that. Well, Christian, what what is your familiarity with them from? Um, just from a lot of the like the import sites that I buy figures, a lot of my Japanese figures from carry Haya. So I see their stuff. I don't own any of their stuff, but I am very familiar with it. I have only seen one figure in person and it was one of their RoboCop figures. It looked fine, but all of the pictures that I see online, like all the promotional pictures and stuff, they just look a little off to me as far as the paint, as far as the sculpt, like they, it just doesn't look like a $30 four inch action figure to me. But yeah, they, it's going to take a lot to make me buy a $30 four inch action figure. I'm already right. struggling quite a bit for the $20 ones that are being officially produced by Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Say, right. Just, just wait for your 2023 O-ring figures. <laughs> yeah. So, so Haya Toys announced uh, a G.I. Joe action figure uh, of exquisite miniseries focusing on create high performance 118 scale action figure will be released in 2022 with GI Joe, a real American hero turning 40 this year. We are set to release a brand new line of action figures. This new and exciting line will give fans and action figure collectors something have not had since the mid 1980s. Uh, now this is, there's a little translation difficulty here. Uh, and I just, I don't know what something we haven't had since the mid 1980s would even be uh, because we've had everything. We've had 118 scale figures and vehicles. We've had the characters from the, the show and the comics. We've like, I don't, I'm not sure what they're promising, but I'm less sure that I'm interested in it. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if they were talking about just from it's not that comparable to the 80s, but as groundbreaking as the articulation on the G.I. Joes were for three and three quarter figures in the 80s, the articulation on the Hyatoids is different. Oh. It's, it's way more than what you get with the 25th anniversary line than even what we're getting with the classified. So you're getting that hyper articulated, you know, like if you're used to figma or figure arts right right um, that's that's what you're getting that's interesting they're, they're I mean, not saying they're literally saying giving the us quality is that good because i've never you know had a higher figure in it, hand, it does not but... appear to be that good but i don't know but you're yeah i get what you're saying is that you know when in 1983 when you got the swivel arm battle grip Joes, you were like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe the articulation on these figures. This is incredible. And they're going to offer that same experience in a modern feeling right. like once again, we're going to feel like, wow, I can't believe that's, that's not a bad hypothesis there. Cause I don't know what else they could mean. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, we'll be following along with this. I'm curious to see what they're going to do, but my gosh, you guys, like when we started this podcast, I never imagined I would be saying, you know what, let's chill out on the GI Joe a little bit, <laughs> but, and, and, and the thing is you don't have to collect it all because this, 
these Haya figures, one, there are people out there who exclusively collect Haya. Like they love these figures and they buy the Robocop, the Predator, the aliens. Like they just buy them because they like what Haya does. And now they'll be adding G.I. Joe to their collection. So they're like looking at it from that perspective. Well, sure, let's just keep re releasing Joe in every format possible and reach as many different collectors as possible. So that's that's a good thing. I just don't want I just don't want to look at these and be like, oh my gosh, I have to have them because there's enough of that for me personally. Well, and my hope is because they do produce some vehicles in the four inch scale for some other lines that maybe we'll get a couple of those out of it too. Yeah, I would be I would definitely be down with it because if you uh for the listeners, if you've never looked into Haya, they they uh, released an APC, the Colonial Marines APC from Aliens, and it looks incredible. Like it looks like it could well be one of the best toys on the market today. And I'm including the Razor Crest and the Sail Barge in that. Like it looks absolutely amazing. They did an Ed 209. Um, and none, yeah. none, of, none of them are cheap. Uh, we'll put it that mm -hmm. way. But they look really, really good. And uh, so, yeah, if they were to apply that to some Joe vehicles, make some high end, really nice. Like, again, we talk every single episode, I think, about the whale and how much an updated whale would be fantastic. Like, if that's how we get it, great. Although I will say this, if it turns out, because I can't remember in my head exactly how big that RoboCop was. I don't know if it was more 25th anniversary size or if it was a little smaller, or a little bigger. It would really stink to get that whale, but it's not compatible with O-rings or with modern era. <laughs> it's some weird thing in between. Uh... <laughs> uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, did either one of you guys look into the fan club? So, <laughs> um, when you sent the message about it, I immediately went and signed up on for their on their Instagram. Um, however, because of real world and and work issues, yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to like officially sign up. Um, I I did see uh, their first uh, member swag they're doing two different types of dog tags um so it it looks to be something that they are planning on sticking around you know it doesn't look like some kind of like oh we just started slapping together a gi joe fan club um but the the instagram page at least the day when i joined there wasn't a whole lot there there, uh, and I know all of us have been slammed with work lately and, and not really able to go as deep as we'd like into some of the stuff we're going to be talking about. Uh, the, the guy that's running it put a post up in his tank. Yeah, that... James Kavanaugh, who he runs rank and file. If you've ever read any of those magazines, so it's got, he's, it's got some pretty good clout behind it. Well, he seems to have a lot of heart, uh, a lot of, of really strong ideas and big plans. And I liked that rather than just straight up announcing like, hey, we're going to do this and this and this. He's saying we're going we're gonna to see what happens. We're going to see where the enthusiasm is. We're going to see what kind of connections we can make and you know, move forward giving what's appropriate and what people want. I, I appreciated the message that he laid down in there. Uh, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on this. I was a little skeptical at first, but I think it's coming from a really good place. Uh, and I think there's a lot of enthusiastic, 
or realistic enthusiasm attached to it. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. So, so good, uh, good for, good for him. And, yeah, and I hope uh, you can get some steam. Yeah. I think it's in good hands. So I'm uh, pretty optimistic about it as well. Uh, and that is, uh, they are on Instagram. It's G- is it just GI Joe fan club? I think I probably should have made a note about that. Uh, um, there's a link tree for GI Joe fan club. Yeah. Cause they've got, they have a Facebook group, which I have not signed up for yet. They had the Instagram and I feel like there was one. More. There's, a tw- there's a Twitter as well. Hmm. Yeah, if you just go to, uh, if you look up G.I. Joe, um, Joe Fan Club, there's a link tree that, that links to their all their different social media. Yeah, it's uh, G.I. Joe Fan. As I'm looking at Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram, uh, it's G.I. Joe Fan Club. Uh, it was actually my last follow on there. Uh, so, yeah, go check them out. And I, I think it's something we're all going to be interested in following. So we put off recording this month's episode until tonight so that we could discuss operation recall and unfortunately operation recall has not updated the website yet so my my guess is that maybe they're on west coast time and they're going to do something at you know 8 p.m Pacific. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Is there supposed to be the big announcement coming on March first, twenty twenty two, which is the day we're recording this? Uh, but nothing has been updated yet, so we will check back in with that uh, next month's episode. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, something that I wanted to discuss just in our little intro here is clearing up some shipping uh, information about shipping that I think people don't have aren't aware of don't know how certain things work and i know i've i've been really muddy about like when i very first signed up for hasbro pulse back when it started i was under the impression that when i ordered something from hasbro pulse i was going to get it weeks before it ever showed up at retail like and and i i had no basis for that belief that's just my assumption was i'm getting it direct from hasbro so Of course, it will come to me before it shows up at Target or Walmart or wherever. Oh, you sweet summer child. Very well. (laughs) And initially, initially that was happening. And then that stopped happening like quite badly to the point where Pulse was delivering things uh, weeks, a couple of months after I would see it at retail and I would end up buying it at retail and canceling my Pulse orders, which is what got me in the habit. And this is a good tip for you listeners. In my phone, under my Google Notes, I have a note called pre-orders. Every single thing I have pre-ordered is in that note and and where I pre-ordered it from. In my Hasbro Pulse pre-orders, I have the order number beside it because it is such a giant pain to find your pre-order from Hasbro Pulse if you want to go cancel it. Because they don't, if you go in there, it's literally just your pre-order number and the dollar amount. It doesn't say what it is. You have to click on the order to see what was in the order. So it's it's very, I think, intentionally aggravating to find the item. So every time I pre-order from Pulse, I write that or I, I note the order number in my pre-order notes so I can go and cancel it, which I do very often because I'll find, you know, 
a whatever, a Marvel legend or whatever at target. And I'll be like, well, there you go. Cancel that pulse. Uh, and then the only time that bites me is when sometimes pulse will charge you like two weeks before they ship it, which is pretty frustrating. Uh, but anyway, so that is not the deal with Hasbro pulse. They are not Hasbro. They are somebody who sells Hasbro products. Uh, so big box and small online retailers receive through domestic distributors. So they're not getting it directly from ha- nobody's basically nobody's getting it from Hasbro except uh, well, they're, they're coming from the factories, really. So the factories in China or Vietnam or wherever send it to these distributors, but then Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth receive theirs directly from the factories. So you have your factory that produces the product and it ships that product to distributors and Big Bad and Entertainment Earth. Now, the distributors are who ship it to Target and Walmart and your smaller retailers like Dorkside Toys. Uh, so what, what ends up happening here is we have completely different supply chains. And that's why over the last year, two years, things have been so crazy with something shows up at Walmart three months before it's supposed to big bad. Sometimes big bad gets stuff way early. Like I got my alpha commandos set from big bad way earlier than most people did. Some people still haven't gotten their pre-orders from it. Uh, so distribution is crazy in that respect. And then Hasbro pulse only handles Hasbro pulse. They receive from Hasbro, just like everybody else does. They're not Hasbro's distributor. So it's not like stuff comes from the factory and goes to Pulse and then goes to Target or whatever. That that's the Pulse is distributes to us. And that's it. So that's why Big Bad, Entertainment Earth, and then your other retailers are kind of all in the same situation where they're just waiting for however long it takes for stuff to get from the factory to them which is why things have been so crazy because different ships are delivering to different places and encountering different problems and different ports so there's no basically the bottom line here and the disappointing thing to take away from this is there is no one reliable retailer nobody is guaranteed to get anything before anybody else it's all a crapshoot which is why in my pre-orders list i have spirit iron knife amazon Big bad pulse, <laughs> and whoever gets him to me first gets my money. Yep. Uh, so that's just a little information about how this stuff works, and and so just to cl- clarify a little bit, if if you know, listeners, if you haven't looked into this stuff or you just really hadn't thought about it that much, which is where I was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, where I really I did expect pulse to be kind of an early delivery system and it's it simply isn't well they got me my bats and alley viper before big bad or gamestop or anybody else did so and that's and that's exactly the thing is sometimes they're gonna get in there early and i've i've heard that a lot of star Wars. well i got okay i got boba fett and fennec shan from pulse as well the same day i ordered the first alley viper and bat that came into stock uh and those aren't showing up in stores at all yet, as far as I know. And that was early January, January yeah. 5th, I think. So you, you just don't know. The best thing to do, and, and people also get mad about pre-ordering, like, oh, I'm not going to pre-order from there anymore. But if they're not asking you to pay up front, why not just put the pre-order in? 
like you can because all of the places i mentioned you can cancel your pre-order uh and and you know some people feel guilty about that i don't uh but you're not putting any no, money at up the rate that things have been the last couple of years i mean we know from dealing with pre-orders through walmart and target um i've not for gi joe but for funko through amazon I've had things pre-ordered where all of a sudden you get that email letting you know your pre-order has been canceled because they're just not getting it or they didn't get enough stock in. Who knows? So, folks, if you want to place your pre-order everywhere you can. And that's another thing that people get. Target seems to be the worst culprit of this, canceling pre-orders without notice. And that seems to be what gets people really frustrated. They say, well, I'm not going to pre-order from Target anymore. Why? I mean, sure, maybe it'll get canceled, but maybe it'll get fulfilled. I would say nine out of 10 pre-orders I've made from Target have been fulfilled. Just just make sure that you keep your credit card updated. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And and that's keep your, and and again, this is another little thing that I keep is I've got a credit card that's just for my pre-orders and, and nothing else. So I know like it's, it's got the ballot. Like I know, everything about that credit card that's tied to my little note in my phone. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's more than enough intro. We've got a ton of news to cover. Are you guys ready to move on to uh, a review? News, news, news. So much news. Well, once again, we've had to move back our agenda because there's just so much news to talk about. It's going to fill up the whole entire episode. And of course, we're going to be discussing Hasbro's 40th anniversary Pulse live stream, or as I am now going to refer to it, Fan Thirst Thursday. Uh, <laughs> we, we kicked things off. I, so this is what happened. I was, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. Uh, I was at work and everything what I do was not like everything was down that day. I had a very, very, I had no workload that day, which was very fortunate because I wanted to watch this live stream and it's difficult. Like I don't have the same kind of internet access as other people do at work. Uh, So it's, I can't, I can't watch videos. I can't stream things. It's hard for me to do. It takes a lot of effort to, to get it together and just happened to be that time of day. I was able to sit there and watch this live stream and enjoy this completely ridiculous opening theme song. You guys, though, first of all, it was very long. Yes. Yeah, it was. Almost three minutes long. And I loved that it just kept going. <laughs> like, that was that was as entertaining to me as the theme song itself. Like, oh my gosh. Because I expected 30 seconds. Like, when it started... I was like, oh, they're going to do this for about 30 seconds. And then Emily and Lenny are going to be like, hi, guys. And it just kept on going. And it was great, dude. The roadblock thumbs up and wink. <laughs> oh my just made my day. <laughs> when I So when I tuned it on, because uh, I, I joined it live, but I was about one minute and 20 seconds late on joining the stream. So I came in in the middle of it and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and so they played it again at the end, and I had to go back and, and watch it again immediately after the stream had ended because it was so good. I was like, they 
they need to get Word Burglar to re-record that. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I was, like it. I was really surprised that that the first words out of their mouth after the song ended was not "This is available on iTunes." Right. After this. <laughs> well, it is. They do have it up separately on YouTube, so you can go and just watch ah, this. Okay. Um. But yeah, it does need. I, and I kind of like. Let's just say the raw enthusiasm of the performer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it adds to it. So I, I really dug that. That was a great way to open. But the funny it, thing about it is, is the whole thing was basically about Sunbow and very little, very little, uh, really actual 40th anniversary stuff going yeah, on. But right. they did promise more for Yojo June. So I, I believe that the Joe team are constantly evolving plans and adjusting to, to dealing with logistics lately. So I think we'll see some good stuff in June, but we saw some amazing stuff uh, here in February or there in February. It's March now. Uh, first thing we, we want to talk about, we saw some more renders and basically what we've been clued into is that they want to show the renders because it's a way to show the character later on, as we saw with stalker and the, and Tomax and Zaymot and, and, uh, Oh gosh, what's the other Crimson Guard? No, we haven't seen no. the Crimson Guard. No. That was a that was the, a render. The, well, anyway. the, uh, the Viper three pack. The Viper three pack, right? So you know, within a month, we saw the actual product that they showed renders of last month. So that, I think they're moving things along pretty nicely. But we saw first one Zorana. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of this interpretation of Zorana? I think she's perfect. Yep. I think she's the perfect update of that character. I love the like the leather style uh, little jacket that she's wearing in place of like a ripped t-shirt. Um, I love the the hairstyle. I think you know, I, I if you're going to update that character, this is the way you do it. Yeah, she definitely reminds me more of, and I think they even mentioned it of her IDW look. Um, which I think was the perfect update for the figure. I will say I'm surprised she's the first Dreadnought that we're getting, but I'm also very glad because she is one of my favorites. Well, the second, because we've got her brother. Oh, true, true. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I got to say, as far as her importance to plots, if we're looking at the the cartoon... She was more important than anyone Dreadnought. Yeah. Well, like she, she, I mean, got... she carried on throughout even like the Deke series. She was still in the yeah. comics after the rest of the Dreadnoughts kind of disappeared. So she's a, she's a very important character. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I think she looks great. Like you said, I love the, the sort of half jacket uh, that they've changed her top into the hair with the different colors in it looks incredible. Uh, they've, they've just fantastic job. Uh, she yeah. is, this is really what I want from the classified line. I want it to, uh, you know, Lenny has mentioned before the squint test. I want something where you squint at it and you're like, Oh, it's Zorana. But then when you look at it, you're like, Oh, but wait, look at all this extra detail. Look at this little change here. Like that's what I want is take the essence of the character, but just, 
turn it up a notch. And I, I think they've done that beautifully here. I think she's the perfect classified figure. Yeah. They kept what was important. They kept the details that make her identifiable. The having those same uh, gauntlets on her on her shoulders that Zartan and 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 Xandar have. Uh, keeping the the ripped jeans with the little pink stripes on the side, yeah. like all yeah. that is important detail. And I I thought they pulled it off perfectly, blending it in with like the newer elements, like the like the different jacket and the hairstyle. And, and then as we opposed go... to a closed mouth, the fact that she's snarling. Like the and I hope I hope they nail this with the actual sculpt because the angry face, like when you set her on your shelf next to Baroness, like she just looks like she's gonna be a butt kicker. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean they've done a fantastic job here. Uh and then we go to kind of in a different direction with Dusty, who is essentially a six-inch version of Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. I am curious to see. Uh, he said the helmet's removable, but it's got a soft goods uh, uh, little it, cowl around it. Does it though? That's what it, I, that's what he said. I don't see. I feel like he mentioned it and said that he had to look up what it was called. Yeah, I don't think he ever specifically said it's soft goods. Uh, I don't think so. I would hope it would be because obviously it doesn't look was. like it is. But this is just a render, so right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would like. I would like soft goods because with what they've did with uh, the Supreme Cobra Commander Cape, I think there's a lot of cool stuff they can do with that kind of planning. But I don't know if we'll see soft goods in a well, no, because uh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, so yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, removable helmet, uh, goggles also removable. The camo pattern, I think they did a great job with that. I get why they're not putting Deco on the knees. I'm okay with it because they've they've kind of done that. Well, they're knee pad ish. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He looks good. I'm excited to see what accessories he comes with. You can see a backpack uh, behind him. Uh, he's got the harness on. Uh, I like that he's got the ID on his chest. And uh, they also mentioned that he's going to be a little bit uh, sunburned. Which yeah, I think I'm, is a nice touch. I'm really curious to see what that's going to look like. So yeah, Dusty looks great. Uh, he's he, uh, he could have been, uh, you know, they could have hit some more detail, but at the same time, I don't know how much you could add to him without making him not Dusty. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think there was a lot more to play with with Zorana, whereas with Dusty, he's got to look like a desert troop. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I don't yeah. want like a giant tactical vest or something on him. Right, you keep yeah. the you keep the things that are iconic, like the helmet and the camo pattern and and all that. I mean, otherwise, he's a very and he's a very like realistic military figure, and I and I like that they've kept that. Yeah, and he did, and and that's a good point. He did kind of start off as a more realistic desert trooper, so it, it's there wasn't there really wasn't much to be done. So yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see an actual figure and see what we get accessory wise. Okay, we've got they talked about recreating comic covers, which you know that's neat. Uh, I don't care, but that's neat. Good for them. Uh, and then we get our Crimson Guard. Yes. So people, I I have found since kind of getting more into the joe community since starting this show 
because uh, I, I really, for years and years and years, it was basically my Joe fandom. And then I would talk to like Noel every once in a while. And that was it. I didn't really get into the Joe community. I have discovered that people love the Crimson Guards to the point where that was the winner of our sweetheart parade at Dragon Con, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I believe so. So yeah. a room full of G.I. Joe fans who took an hour out of their precious Dragon Con time to come to a G.I. Joe panel. So that's their hardcore G.I. Joe fans all agreed that the Crimson Guard was the greatest Cobra Trooper. I did not realize, because like I always thought he was cool, but to me it was more of a specialty type thing, and I never thought of the Crimson Guard. Like, there's there's Fred, and then there's, like, guys who specifically guard Cobra Commander. I just didn't think of these guys as anybody who ran out onto the battlefield that much. Well, no, and that's not really the way that I use them but i love them because of the marvel comics um they were if not my favorite yeah they were probably my favorite now that i think about yeah. it. just going through all of them i'm pretty sure that these were the ones this is this this one and the viper were the only ones that i attempted to troop build as a kid i think i had okay. three oh, cgs wow. as a kid um because i loved it so much and i always thought it looked cool standing you know flanking my tomax and zamot uh, to have a couple of CGs with them, so yeah, I I could not be more excited when I when I and this was rumored. We kind of knew this one was coming along yeah. with the other ones that that, that were unveiled uh, last week. Um, but this was the one that I just was like, I was just giddy with anticipation. And when they showed it, I my jaw dropped. I was like, this is what I wanted. He's. I, I know that there's some people who would have preferred the uh, face to be the more silver color instead of mainly black with silver details. Um, kind of in reverse, like the animation model, but I like it like this because this is the w- the way the original figure looked. In fact, I think it was all black. Well, see, this looks right to me. Yeah, it would look weird. I, I, I if it were inverted to me, it would look wrong. Which I I understand that that's a thing, but like I just to my eye, this is what I want that mask to look like. Uh, I love the double breasted uniform. I think they've done a great job. Uh, with the the medals and the cobra insignia, the big silver cobra insignia on the front looks great. The, uh, the, the medal, braided. which the medal which does not quite look as Nazi Germany as the old one did, so I'm pretty sure that was a conscious decision. Yeah, I mean, I think they've and and I'm fine with that. Like any kind of insignias like that that they want to alter to be not related to the real world. Personally, me. I'm okay with that. Now, granted, yeah, yeah. I would love to see the actual Marine logo on Gung Ho. Uh, but no, that's I, a copyright I issue right there. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know if the Marines won't do it or Hasbro won't pay up for it. I don't know what the deal is, but whatever. But yeah, even like the down to the little V on his uh on his uh utility belt there, it's all such a perfect update of the original. Yep. And so customizers out there. All my 3D printer friends that are listening, get started working on those freight heads. Well, and that's what I'm wondering is if they will either, I mean, we don't know anything about accessories. They may do second heads on some of these, um, but if they don't, maybe they release another figure down the line, maybe with slightly different coloring or something, a mm-hmm. deluxe figure that does have a removable head. And I'm wondering too, if you could find another six inch figure with a comparable scale that yes you can to be a friend to be a friend because 
because my friend, what I've got in this drawer, oh, it's not in this drawer anymore. In a drawer across the room, I have a bag of Captain America heads. Ah, yes. And so far, Marvel <laughs> Legends heads have been compatible with classified series bodies. Uh, I've I've got a whole I've got four Cobra Troopers with Marvel Legends heads on them because I wanted to make a little squad of like unique identity Cobra Troopers. Uh, so that I mean that's the thing. But this is something I forgot to mention in the intro. Uh, on his tank right now, which we love his tank. It's a great source of information. It's a great source of GI Joe conversation. Like I said, the GI Joe community is you know that's where I like to see and and interact with some. Uh, G.I. Joe Classified March Madness 2022. You can go to his tank. Uh, and if I think you have to be signed up with an account, which you should be anyway. Uh, they are going to post. They want you to post your top 32 most wanted G.I. Joe and Cobra agents <laughs> that have yet to be made into G.I. Joe Classified action figures. Now, this is just an exercise in fun, you'd think. But this is... There, this is going to be submitted to Hasbro directly. So this will affect the future of the classified line. So if you want to go in there and say, we need, uh, if this Crimson Guard doesn't have it, we need Fred, then that put that on your list uh, and, and make, you know, may, this is a way to make your voice heard. And I mean, Emily has interacted in these forums many times. She, we know she's in there. Um, there, there are a couple other Hasbro employees that have been rumored to be in there, but I mean, they they watch his tank and they are working with his tank on this specific thing. So uh, go check out histank.com and uh, make your list 32 figures that haven't been done yet or 32 characters uh, that you want to see. And, and Hasbro is going to look at that. And they did the same thing with the 25th anniversary line and they listened and, and implemented those ideas. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so Crimson Guard, I mean, honestly, this one, again, yes, it's a six-inch version of the Crimson Guard, but I feel like that design was was kind of forward-thinking anyway. Mm-hmm. So it looks modern and cool and, and like it holds up, I guess. It, yeah. it didn't need a whole lot of updating. I think they've done a great job with it. Uh, so next up okay my list is in the wrong order so we'll go ahead and talk about the python patrol cobra trooper which they misspoke and identified as the viper during the panel but you know what i get it the one it was their first live panel they've got a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff to keep track of they just misspoke and called this the viper it's not the viper it's the cobra trooper you guys i think i figured out why I'm so excited for the Tiger Force and Python Patrol releases when I didn't have any of those as a kid. Uh-huh. When when I looked at these, the original versions, I was like, these are dumb. I don't like any of these designs. They look weird to me. I think I get now why I'm excited for them in the Classified series. It's because to me, they are that something new and different. They're all very toyetic. They, they're going to pop on the shelf. The colors look great. Uh, not They don't necessarily look great together, but they're unique-looking figures, and they're exciting to me because they're something different and new and like, wow, look at this guy. 
and and yeah, visually, this is more exciting to me than an all blue Cobra Trooper. I'm gonna have to agree to disagree in that case because <laughs> I hate this figure. I hate this deco, and I say that because I love the officer, the Python officer, which is the one that's black with the um, <clears throat> just has like that that colored suspenders with those you know with those little uh, cross hatches like this one has in the right, sweater. Right. I love that one, and I really wish they'd made that version i mean they will they will eventually i'm sure but no i i've always hated this design and i continue to hate it as oh, a classified it's, dude it's an i <laughs> it's an eyesore but i love it because looking at it and thinking about this figure being on my shelf i'm like yeah this is cool and if you'll notice he's dark skinned they're getting uh some variety and diversity into the line I, now, it, I was a, looking at that, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily a skin tone because the other one too was a little like the the uh, other trooper was a little bit darker skin tone than most. This, of the I mean, this looks like definitely a, a, a dark skin. We'll we'll see when we see the final figure. Yeah, I'll, appears... I'll wait to see the final one because uh, I, I noticed that at first too. But I'm like, I think that the other ones are a little bit darker skin, just the regular troopers. Well, they are. I mean, there there are different skin tones amongst the. Uh, the infantry and the trooper. Mm -hmm. And but he this... made some appearances in the DIC cartoon and he was treated more as like a, a one-off as a, oh, okay. to a whole slew, or at least there was one very specific Python trooper okay. that they always dealt with. So when they showed this, that's what was going through my head is that, I am, whether he's an exclusive or not an exclusive, he is not someone I would troop build, but he is someone I would want one of because he is used for very specific missions, taking Cobra Troopers with him. Personally, I, I, I mean, I don't hate this as much as Noel, but <laughs> I, I do, I, I do love the, the, the blue of the Cobra Troopers. Oh, I do too. Don't get That's... me wrong. Like that Cobra Trooper, the, that blue Cobra Trooper is an iconic toy. Uh, it's an action figure I love to have in any form. But as far as just my excitement as a toy collector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at this and I'm like, oh, this Which, is cool. I dig it. I just want to toss this out there real quick. I, You know, we use the word toyetic on here a lot. And sure. I don't know if I'm sure we'll get into it later. Um, but when they were talking about a certain figure, they they used the word toyetic, but they used it in a negative connotation. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. But they, I knew I, I knew what, these, but they are still toys and I well, want them to be toys. But I, I knew what he meant when he was saying it. But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, first up. Uh, a figure that I never knew I wanted. Tiger Force Recondo. I don't, I've probably never looked at him all that closely because, like I said, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of the concept of Tiger Force. But when he popped up on the screen with that mustache and with those pants, I was just like, oh man. Because, you know, two things from this one, again, you're getting this really exciting looking figure. 
And two, we're going to get a regular Rakondo down the line. Right. That's, that's what I'm most excited about is seeing the reveals of things that we haven't yet seen in the regular assortment. It's like Outback and Rakondo. And the next one we're going to talk about, we're getting those soon in regular versions. I'm just going to put it out there now. This is what bothers me about them. Because I think it's, if you want to do exclusives, that's, that's great. I don't know why it bothers me so much having a variant of a figure before we have the regular figure because now, I mean, th- sure, there are people that are completists that will buy everything. There are people out there that have to pick and choose. And so I, I sit here and I look at it and I go, well, if somebody's like, I, I need my, you know, I, I have a Rakondo shaped hole on my shelf and this is the Rakondo that I get are we waiting years before the but the normal Rakondo? Are we waiting the same year? It's it's corporate ruthlessness. For sure. That that I do in a form in which I don't have a problem with it. Because this figure, if you don't like this Rakondo, the this figure's message to you is you're going to have to wait. And as toy collectors, we don't like to be told that. But that's and that's Hasbro is preying upon your inability to wait. And and oh, you know sure. what? I'll just get this Rakondo. And I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not because I'm a victim of it. I'm going to buy this Rakondo. I'm going to buy regular Rakondo. I'm going to buy the the next one we're talking about. And I'll buy the regular one because I just <laughs> like, well, one, I'm, a, I'm so far in the classified line. I'm a completist. I even have that dumb red ninja. Uh, but I'm, I, this makes sense to me because target wants hot product and original characters and Hasbro has figured out like, okay, we, with beachhead and firefly Baroness, those, those were not a good idea for us to, to offer those that way. So now instead, in order to keep fans happy and in order to keep target happy, We'll give them these decos. Target will get them first, so they get their nice exclusive that makes them happy. But the fans know, well, this is not the essential version of this character. We'll deliver that in the main line later on. I, I think Hasbro has found out a really reasonable way to do this. And again, you know, we've talked about it before, but these retailer exclusives are critical to keep these lines going. So there's there's no... There's no way around there being retailer exclusives. If you're a toy collector, you collect any lines at all, you know, that's just a fact of life now. So sure. to me, this is the way to do it. And, and if you look the the, uh, the bat, the regular bat hit a good bit before I, we don't even know when the Python patrol bats yeah. coming, no update on that whatsoever. So, uh, but I, I dig this. I think this is the best way for them to work this out. And and I like this Rakondo figure. I like the black shirt with the, the wacky pants, and the, I dig it. And, and again, this is just a render. So what I've noticed about these renders is that they, they look kind of cartoony almost. And I think w- once we see the actual figure, because you saw it with Tomax and Zamot, is the renders, they, they looked quite cartoony, but now that we've seen the real figures, they look like classified figures. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Those tigers, the stripes on his pants are not going to be that extreme. Right, they're not going to be quite 
that sharp, quite right. that contrasty. Uh, they'll be close, and I want them to be close, but it'll it'll be interesting to see the final product. Uh, and the next up, another spectacular mustache, <laughs> bazooka, but Tiger Force bazooka, which again, this one I genuinely like because I like this jersey so much. Uh, and you know, I love Bazooka's red jersey, obviously, but this one, the blue and white and orange, uh, with the numbers kind of distressed the way that they are, this is a really cool look. I like it. It's the away mm-hmm. uniform for the Patriots instead of the, the home uniform for the Patriots. <laughs> uh, his, his orange helmet is a lot. Uh, and, and of course, he's got the green and yellow pants. But as far as this being Bazooka, looks That's fantastic. Bazooka. Yeah. yeah, that I, face, I, that face sculpt is everything. And they they sculpted the muscles a little bit bigger on him than most of the other figures. Yes, um, yes, he's bulkier, he's wider. Yeah, so uh, and this is where Lenny's use of toyetic kind of in a negative light came in. But I get what he's saying. With the classified series, they have done a very good job of giving the figures a very nice, clean profile, where. The articulation is worked into the sculpt, and when the figure is just standing there, it doesn't break anywhere. Uh, And what he was talking about was Bazooka's biceps, how the shirt is layered over the bicep, and if they did it a different way, it would have created an ugly break in the profile where the articulation was. Um, And I appreciate that they're thinking about things like that, because this goes Mm -hmm. back to something I've talked about a lot. Well, I've discussed with Super 7 Ultimates people complain that those things don't have like the double jointed articulation and that sort of thing. It's because they're looking at the profile of the figure. And I appreciate Lenny saying that they do that with classified as well. And you can tell because you look at them and they have that realistic shape. And when they're just standing there, they look like a human. They don't have any bizarre protrusions or like the weird cuts that you see in some toy lines that break up the, the look uh, so I appreciate that. And I get what he meant using Toyetic in a negative light in that way. Because you don't want it like these look like little people. Like, yes, they're action figures. But as far as the profile and the proportions and everything else, they they maintain a realistic look to them. Uh, and you don't want them to look like, you know, O-rings. O-rings are a different aesthetic. I, right. I, I am not a fan of the midriff articulation, especially on this figure. <clears throat> Oh, I like this better than the the uh, normal ab crunch. Ab crunch. Yeah, which I, wide figures? I don't still have. I don't necessarily need figures. that in most of these in all these figures. No. Like I'm not posing them in a way that requires that ab crunch or that midriff. Well, now, and I'll agree with you on that. Is to me, give us that nice ball joint at the waist, and that's mm-hmm. all I need on the abdomen. Yep. I don't need that mid abdominal joint really on anything ever. So I'm I'm with you on that, but if I have to choose, I prefer this over the ab crunch, the curvature versus the yes, yeah. yes. Well, it's and it's easy to hide on a figure like Rakondo because he's got you know he's got gear on over it, um, and then this one you know because he's just wearing a shirt or a jersey, uh, it just stands out a little bit. And of course, it's also we are looking at the digital render, so right? It may, and it may look different. When we get it in in hand. Um, but I also can't go any longer without commenting on the fact that these two Tiger Force figures have like mirror image smirks going on with their mustaches. So like Ricondo's kind of got his lip going up one way and 
bazookas got oh, it you're right. away, and I love it because it's like they're they're a nice matching pair. <laughs> you're right. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, <laughs> Ricondo's left the left side of his face is a little smirky, and bazooka has a little bit of a right smirk going on. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, these these look fantastic. I can't wait to get them in hand. Uh, again, I can't wait to see the accessories, what they're going to come with. It's uh, just great solution uh, to keep these exclusives in the pipeline. All right. Oh gosh, image missing. What was that? Got uh, Kamakura. Kamakura is next. Is next. Which if- now this actually answers a question that I had about the. Uh, Crimson Guard because I forgot the Kamakura actually has a second head. Yes. So I'm guessing if somebody's coming with a second head, they were probably would have told us already. Yeah, that's a good point because they show Kamakura's unmasked head. Um, this, while the figure itself is not my favorite release reveal that we got, it is my favorite reveal just because of the fact of what Kamakura means to the line. Uh, that yep. they're expanding beyond just the 80 beyond the eighties. <laughs> uh, and they're taking this character who I really dug in the devil's do stuff. Uh, I liked him as snake eyes apprentice. I liked his backstory, uh, which we'll get into in a future episode. Uh, but it was just so cool to see that name pop up and to know, wow, they're, they're opening things up in a big way. Yeah. I said I, I don't I, I don't even know if I'm gonna buy this figure. I like the character, but it's not one that I need in my collection. But yeah. it does tell me, okay, this means we're probably gonna get Agent Helix at some point in time soon. Right. Because now we're diving into the more modern era. Yeah, I think yeah. at this point we've expanded beyond, you know, well, we can get real American hero stuff. Well, now we've expanded beyond that. And the next step would be a Dr. Venom or something like that, where it's because now I feel like anybody who's gotten a figure is a possibility. I would love to see. I can't remember his name. The Cobra medic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scalpel. I would love to see Scalpel. That would be that's going to be on my list of 32 that I submit to his tank. That's an easy remold, too, into the Meta Viper. So you could actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of use out of that mold. Um. So, yeah, it was very cool to see Kamakura. Honestly, not the most exciting figure. I will buy him, though, because I like the character. Uh, And, again, the accessories are going to make a big difference with this guy. We don't know what he's coming with yet, aside from that extra head. Um, Which is probably, I mean, you figure they're they're taking a gamble on this because this one's not going to pull the nostalgia strings of a lot of Joe fans because they may not even know this character exists. But you're going to offset that a little bit because I guarantee you he comes with more accessories than anybody else we've talked about thus far today because he's a ninja. So he's going to have a multitude of like handheld weapons. Well, Um, he'll probably come with a ton of the stuff that came with the, that first snake eyes. Right. Right. But maybe with paint in, in the package, like, you know, you won't even see that second head. It's going to be, the the hood will be on him but he will look like any other ninja figure in the package yeah just to so kids go ninja Ooh, ninja i want it yeah. yes because that that ninja value is still a thing in the toy aisle kids still love ninjas <laughs> uh all right let's see last <laughs> and most <laughs> 
Definitely most. Dr. Mindbender. I'm so excited. I, we, this figure makes me so happy that they have <laughs> done away with the what they were doing at the beginning of the line. I honestly did not in a million years think that when we would get a Mindbender that he would be so loyal to <laughs> the original figure down well, we, to the cape. We have discussed the possibilities of a Dr. Mindbender on the show. And I think even, even in discussing him, like it was like, well, he could have this look, but also come with the code or say, but we, I, I don't think any of us ever imagined it would be this. No, no, I did not, did not expect just like an almost perfect recreation of the original mm-hmm. with with his silver suspenders attached to his silver codpiece, <laughs> which I have to assume those are like a separate piece, like in the same way that the other figures have the uh, the web gear or whatever. Yeah, so his torso yeah. will move independently of the suspenders. Yeah, because it's got the articulated uh, torso, so right. that's gonna have to that's gonna have to move in some different way. So that's my guess is that his his belt and uh, cod piece and suspenders are all like kind of like a web gear piece on the other figures. So his torso will move under that. Um, they did specify that his cape is gonna look a little bit different than it does in this render. Uh, it's going to actually have sort of a leathery texture to it. Uh, I'm curious to see that because this this looks like the cape on your Darth Vader figure you had when you were a kid. Right. That's yeah, that's not going to be great. Totally, totally a Kenner cape. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not crazy about the way this cape goes over his shoulders, which I know is faithful to the original figure, but I would really have liked something that just pinned to his shoulder epaulets. Yeah. Well, I th- I think. My guess is that once we see the soft goods version, like for real, it's going to look almost more like a sleeveless duster or something than because I, I almost want it to look like an evil lab coat. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's almost what's on his original figure by 80 standards. So this guy, he goes out, he gets himself a black lab coat. He puts the Cobra emblem on the back. He cuts the sleeves off because he's ripped. Like, I'm okay with that if that's what they end up going for. But we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, look at the gauntlets look incredible. Uh, the holster, like everything here. But that face. And, again, mustache yeah. again. And the monocle, apparently, is going to reflect. or It's going to actually make his Magnify. eye larger. Yeah. So Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, the monocle, so Lenny explained that the monocle is a separate piece and that they had to actually make it a little bit bigger and put more detail around it to hide the glue well where it attaches to the figure's eye and that the sculptor actually sculpted the plastic so that it magnifies that eye. I I remember it being a separate piece. I just forgot that it was actually making him see better. Right. And I, uh, I got to give him credit for giving him Oxbaker uh, eyebrows. Oh that's yeah, a, that's a that's a that's an old school wrestling <laughs> reference right there. <laughs> uh, he looks phenomenal. Uh, this is and again, he was another one that was rumored for quite some time, but I, I think they killed it. They knocked it out of the park with this guy. And again, 
yes, he has retained the essential goofiness of the character, but he does have that additional detail uh, plussed up. Like it, it's yes, it's you a six inch version. But when I look at that sculpt, especially how angry the face is, I do not want to run into him in a dark alley. Especially oh, no, he's terrible. If he comes with the evil cattle prod, this man is going to F you up. Yeah. 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 He's well, he's he first he's gonna beat you down, and then he's gonna drag you to his lab and do some kind of horrible experiments yep. on you. It, you know he's a confident man if he's wearing that out in public. So right. yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. Absolutely not. Uh, all right, so and that is... You, and I'm sure everyone noticed they dropped the subtle hint about now that they've got oh, him yes. about Serpentor. Yes, right. I wonder yeah. what he he's dreams about. Dreams about DNA, like, very clearly they've got well, a Serpentor in the works. And for a brief moment, because I don't remember ever hearing a rumor of Dr. Mindbender before this one that was being taken seriously, when they mentioned something about, like, the most fashionable one in the line or something Or no, like they that, said the most power. they said the most powerful Cobra. That's it, yeah, that's what it was, the most powerful Cobra. And they mentioned something about a, a keen fashion sense. I was like, they're going to announce Serpentor next. Yeah. But then, like, at the same time, I said, they're not putting Serpentor in just as a regular right. non-deluxe figure. Yeah. He's, he's got to no be way. with a vehicle. He has yeah. to be. And there was, what, back at the end of last year, there was that rumor going around because of the protective sleeve, which we learned was obviously not true. But that's what made my ears perk up, thinking that, oh, here comes a surprise. Like, Well, and at one point, there was a rumor of Dr. Mindbender with a trouble bubble. And it would be very interesting to discover that it was confused with Serpentor with the air chariot. Because mm. I don't know where these people get their information. I certainly don't have these avenues. Uh, but, you know, you read about them online and, and, you, yeah. and the you, other you take everything rumor, with a grain of salt. The other strong rumor I heard was a tiger paw, which would have with been... With Duke. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's one that we'll probably still get, I presume. I would hope so. Because I, I mean, I, I presume they're going to do a Duke and a Flint because they're really easy repaints to do for the Tiger Force line, and the Tiger Paw would be a, a vehicle that you could sell for a reasonable amount. Yeah, and and also reuse because right. you do the Tiger Paw, the and then later on you do the Ferret. I mean, that's that's easy enough. And then you repackage uh, Tomax and Zaymot with it down the line, and you make another <laughs> hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, I my hope for Tiger Force Duke is that they basically completely redo duke give him different boots um yeah. make make him less operation blackout and then in the retro line the carded classified walmart exclusive ones we get that same duke just regular colors like hopefully that's the plan we'll see uh all right so that is it for reveals did you guys have an opportunity to read the Saturday Morning Adventures comic book? I did. I did That's why I was in charge of getting milk and cereal. Because <laughs> it's Saturday mornings. <laughs> what was your cereal of choice when you were a kid? Oh, peanut butter crunch. Nice, nice. Noel? Uh, I didn't get to get a lot of the really fancy ones, but I, sometimes if I was lucky... My mom would buy Frosted Flakes, so that would have been my my cereal of choice. I I honestly, I think Fruity Pebbles. When I was young, young, like when I was watching GI Joe, 
I would say Fruity Pebbles was probably my cereal of choice at the time, even though I find them revolting now. Although my I did modern, love the G.I. Joe cereal. I, I didn't even know that existed until a couple of weeks ago. That blew my mind. Um, now, Peanut Butter Crunch, though, is my, like, if I were going to eat cereal, that's what it would be. I, I will pay the price by my torn up roof of my mouth <laughs> to get that you, delicious Peanut Butter Crunch. You got that with G.I. Joe Action Stars, too. Did they you? Were, yeah, they were definitely in that Captain Crunch mode where it just destroyed the roof of your mouth every time you ate it. But the but the boxes were amazing because they came with the like battle stations that you could cut out. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, we'll we'll have to stars. I'll I'll have to see if I can get a box on eBay and then we'll we'll review it on a future episode. Well, since Noel didn't get to read Saturday Morning Adventures, we'll just cover it real quick since they did mention it uh, during this panel. Uh, it is a comic book continuation of the Sunbow cartoon or, or just an, an additional adventure that takes place yeah. in the Sunbow universe. And I got to tell you, it, it exceeded my expectations, blew them away because when I opened it up and that art looked exactly like stills right from the cartoon, I could not believe it. Uh, the story is perfection. Absolutely could have easily been well okay so you start reading it and you're like oh okay it's aladdin's lamp uh you know this would have been an episode but then by the end of the comic you're like this would be a mini series mm -hmm. and the way that and i don't, I don't want to spoil anything because i think there are probably a lot of listeners who saw this and were kind of like ah, that's not for me you need to go get it it's so much fun and it's not just that the art is perfect. It's not just that the concept of Cobra Commander getting Aladdin's lamp is perfect. It's also the way that Cobra Commander goes about using Aladdin's lamp is so totally Cobra Commander. Like the way he goes about doing things, no rational human who actually wanted to take over the world would make the wish that he makes. It's preposterous and it's absolutely perfect for Sunbow. There's so many times, um, especially with a lot of the toy lines that I have collected throughout the years, where you end up getting comics based off those Saturday morning cartoons or weekday cartoons, even. Right. Um, maybe the art is on point, but either the writing is too hokey and dumbed down or it's oh we're trying to be edgy and adult but we're still giving you the animation style art or it's like the opposite of that where you have updated artwork with a really hokey story like it's just it's so rare that one hits on all cylinders like this yeah um and I am also the sort of person I have a voice in my head when I read the comics outside of what G.I. Joe characters sound like because of the Marvel comics. About, I think I was maybe four or five pages into this comic and all of a sudden it was Chris Lada. It, it was those voices. Dude, I could even, it was I even had the music cues going. Yeah. Like, like it, they would transition between panels. I would have the music cues pop up in my head. It's that immersive and perfect. It's no hyperbole when we say this, this is truly an episode of the G.I. Joe cartoon. 
the look, the way the characters talk, the, the way the characters sporadically all of a sudden are just like in the drawing. Like, yes, like it's just so I I highly, highly recommend it. I'm looking unlike a certain Rob Liefeld G.I. Joe comic. I will be getting the next <laughs> issue. I am looking forward to getting this whole story. Yeah, I've got to figure out how because I, I made an order because uh, I've been recollecting Toy Fair magazine. So my last order from mycomicshop.com, I, I threw one of these in there. So now I've got to figure out how I'm going to get the next however many issues are coming out. Because I will buy, the, as long as it maintains this quality, I'll buy every issue of this that comes I, out. It's fantastic. I think, because I read everything through my comicsology on my Kindle. I know the computer desktop version is having problems. But on my Kindle, I think it said five issues because you could go ahead and pre-order all of them. Oh, okay, now. okay. So yeah, it's four or five issues. So it is, like I said, it's structured like a miniseries. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, well, we got to keep going. Everybody check out uh, Saturday Morning Adventures, G.I. Joe comic. You can get it from your local comic shop or Comixology or where, where, however you get your comic books. Get this comic book. Uh, there is also a 40th anniversary special coming out. Uh, it is a recreation of Silent Interlude, the name inspiration for this very podcast, uh, that is written by, well, it's, they've taken, I think, 22 different artists or however many pages it is. Each artist gets to recreate a page in their style of the Silent Interlude comic. And Larry Hama is doing a new cover for it. Uh, so it's just a really cool it'll be interesting to see it's not a new story it's basically a tribute to an old comic and i think that's a neat idea mm -hmm. not a lot of o-ring news during this 40th anniversary special which was a little suspect to me but they did update us with wayne ruffle 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 wait yeah ruffle i guess wayne, wayne ruffle the character we never <laughs> got as a kid Ray, Wayne Ruffle file card says his name is Failsafe. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ruffle just sounds like Russell, but pronounced incorrectly. Uh, uh, his code name is Failsafe. And uh, cool. Yeah. Need info. We'll get him in about a year or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> uh, and then they threw up the classified pre orders that uh, everybody's already gotten jumped all over now. Uh, Zaymont and Tomax, we get to see the actual figures with their accessories. I'm very disappointed they don't come with the little zipline thing. I cannot believe they overlooked that. Well, and that's why I was baffled that they're selling them individually. Like, this was this to me was just screaming to be a two pack with that little zipline included with it because you don't need it with each figure, but you need it with the with the pair. Yeah, I I don't. I don't get it. And, and an astute observer in on the his tank forums pointed out that the boxed samples they showed had Zamot's head on Tomax's body in Tomax's box and vice versa. <laughs> I didn't notice this. I never would have noticed this, um, but it was something worth pointing out. The biggest thing about these to me was that box art is phenomenal it's, and i want yeah. a poster of it yep yep but hasbro 
if any of you are listening, I say this with much peace and love. Uh, <laughs> let's calm down with the knives. You're getting as bad with knives as you are with ninjas. Because Tomax and Zaymon each coming with two knives and not their zip line, I think is just a crime. It's I get that they're probably cheaper to produce than the zip lines, but yeah. Um, I whatever don't story that story that you concocted for them, it sounded great. You've had your media training. Um, <laughs> but let's let's give our guys some more some more weapons besides just knives. I don't mind these guys coming with knives because to me, like even though Tomax and Zamok came with these giant pistols, they didn't seem like Guns they don't seem like pistol guys. guys. No, no, they, like, they're circus people. They're like right. knife throwers. Like I, it made more sense for them to have a weapon like a knife that you know took a little skill to operate. So that's why I I didn't mind that at all. I think it's a welcome update. I thought if one of them came with the two, and then the other one came with the zip line, I would have been okay with it. Or each yeah. of them coming with one of these curvy blades. And they connected together, like whatever that story that they were saying, like that, that is fine to me. Like, honestly, I'm not opposed to the knives. I just, when I, when I look at my shelf and I look like every single character has a knife, I, I totally understand why. I, yeah, I, I like, I like knives. I'm good with everybody having a knife. I mean, if you look at the original figures, they all have knives. Yeah. They just, didn't yeah, yeah, no. Like I said, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just like, man, is that is that? No, what I feel like I feel weapon? like we've exposed your anti knife bias on this episode. <laughs> I see where you're coming from now. Uh, I just want that zipline, and I'm just gonna have to end up making one. I, I guess. no, I agree with you. I and, well, and you know what? It'll be very easy for somebody to 3D print that piece yeah. and just get your own string. Yeah. We, we shouldn't have to do, but. Whatever it is, what it is. Yep. Uh, Stalker. Every picture of Stalker looks completely different. I cannot tell <laughs> if he's green or gray or has camouflage or doesn't have cam. Like it seems like every image they show of him, the the his his uniform just looks different. So I I can't even form an opinion until I've got him in hand. Uh, except for his portrait, I still think is incredible. And we see he comes with his submachine gun. Looks fantastic. I'm so yeah. excited about that. Uh, he's got he's got the same kind of deal. Uh, his thigh holster holds uh, his pistol and the suppressor, and I think the magazine as well. Very very cool design on that. Uh, see, I just went between two different pictures of this stalker and. One, he looks gray with no camo. And this one, he looks like light green with like this one I'm looking at right now. He's light green with dark green camo. Looks great. Uh, if he looks like this picture, I'll be very, very happy. But regardless, I'll be happy because I think the figure looks great. The and pictures I like that the they had at the desk, I think he looked a lot more, the more olive drab green. The, the, the sculptor guy with the insane amount of rings on his fingers um how do you sculpt with 15 <laughs> rings on your fingers like he definitely i like Co i like Corey gray. though Corey's very clearly enthusiastic for the product and its playability so yeah. i appreciate that but he looks more gray in those pictures with him and i'm guessing that the the one that the one that uh they were actually presenting at the desk 
is going to be more akin to what the final image is going to look like. Well, and that's I'm look I'm looking at a still of the one on the desk, and then if you look at the packaged picture, it also looks like a lighter green with a darker green, a, a nicer contrast than the initial images uh, appeared to have. So I'm I'm super stoked for this guy uh, that we'll see in May of 2023. I learned something today, you guys, or I learned something yesterday. So I got, I'm going to go off on a little side. I've got a sidebar here because this is important important information for everybody. Uh, I pre-ordered the deluxe Sunman figure from Mattel Creations. Very excited about this. I think it's awesome. They're bringing Sunman into Masters of the Universe Origins, but that's for a different podcast. But this information uh, is important for anybody who collects toys So I received an email from Mattel yesterday saying that I had to send them an email notifying them that I wanted to keep my Sunman pre-order or it was going to be canceled because Sunman had been delayed. He was originally supposed to be shipped in February and now he's shipping in May. Uh, And I was pretty annoyed because Target, if you have to update some every once in a while, Target pre-order will be delayed. And you have to go click a button saying, yes, I still want this thing. Amazon will do the same thing. And you go click a little button. You don't have to send an email. You don't have to include your order number, your email, your address, all this business that Mattel wanted. It seemed like too much of a process. And I was pretty mad. And I posted on Instagram, like, this is ridiculous from Mattel. And Action Figure Insider, one of my absolute favorite sources of toy news online, uh, shared my post and said, no, this isn't ridiculous. This is the law. If a pre-order is going to be delayed more than 30 days, the distributor has to offer the customer the option to cancel it. Now, that's not exactly what Mattel did. Mattel told me if I didn't say I still wanted it, they were going to cancel it for me. Right. Yeah, that's a lot different. It's a lot different. But I get the spirit of what was being said. So just be aware whether you get it from Target or Amazon or whatever, if somebody says, hey, you know, this pre-order is going to be canceled if you don't confirm that you still want it, they have to do that by FTC law. So that's not something they're doing just to be annoying. Like, it's something that they have to do. Now, Mattel did it in, like, the worst way possible, I think. But that's how Mattel does things in general. But again, that's a a, a story for another podcast. Uh, All right. Moving on. Finally, the Viper 3-pack. Now, I'm curious to know how you guys feel about the Viper 3-pack in its final form and final price. Uh, well, said the figures look look good. Um, the, the 15 extra dollars for Blast Effects is not something that I was expecting. And uh, I... I Again, things that we don't need that are being packed into these sets to uh, elevate the price. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a good trend or not. I don't like it. And the fact that this three pack that, you know, when this line started, you would have expected to cost 60 bucks or perhaps less because often Hasbro will do those multi packs and they cost a little bit less than retail because this Viper set isn't online only. It's not going to stores uh, similar to, well, okay. So I got the rebel fleet trooper four pack that they did through Hasbro pulse. That's 
you know, one unique figure and three troop builder figures with different head sculpts. Uh, but it, it was less than it would have cost me to buy four vintage collection figures. So with this, it would have been reasonable to think that it would now the new price is $24.99. That's just how it is. We got to deal with it. So this Viper set, 75 bucks. Okay, whatever. You're going to charge me full price for the three figures. It's fine. But then the, to add, like you said, Noel, that 15 bucks for some blast effects and, and, and some extra rifles. It looks like there are a few extra rifles in there as well. I don't want that stuff. No. My, there is enough extra junk in my drawer already. Uh, and, and you're right. It does between the O-rings and this, it does seem like their tactic is to throw in some extra kibble and jack the price way up. And I, I don't care for it. Yeah. I mean, my, my, I don't, I don't really think I'm even going to use the blast effects because my figures are posing, not in like they're firing their guns. They're always just posing like they're standing at attention. Um, but on top of that, too, there's so many third parties that make that kind of stuff now. Right. And I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons why Hasbro's doing it. Is to maybe try to cut into some of their business. Well, my thought on those is I think it's awesome that Hasbro's making them. And I think they're going to make probably the highest quality ones you can get. But they're a this type of stuff is aimed at toy photographers mm. who... I think I said this on needless things. I don't know if I've said it here before or not. I'm really not liking the amount of influence toy photography seems to be having on the toy industry. I, I did hear your rant about that. Uh, <laughs> decisions are being made about toy lines to appease toy photographers. And that is such a small and yet influential part of the toy community uh, the, you know, this is why the Jabba's Palace playset is it's a big giant chunk of real estate rather than an actual playset, because they're catering to toy photographers, and that's what these blast effects are as well. It's because that toy photography, that tiny little percentage of collector, has such an outsized influence on the rest of the toy community that they feel like they're, you know, well, let's let's throw these in there for these guys. And they they do it during these presentations all the time. They talk about your toy photography, these dioramas, like, and I get it. That stuff's great, but don't force it on the regular consumer. Put a blast effects pack up on Pulse because I guarantee you the toy photographers are the type of people who are buying off Pulse just like we are. So give yeah. us give give them a weapons pack, you know, make release one of the old school weapons packs and put blast effects in there. And speaking as a toy photographer, these blast effects do nothing for me. Because as Noel said, there are so many third parties that are already selling this sort of stuff. I'm sure these are are different, but it already exists out there. If you want to charge me $15 more, toss in extra hands. I don't know. I just feel like it it needs to be something more than than just well, you know weapons that already came with another figure. Well, and I think Bobby Bobby Valla actually had the right idea with this with his Action Force weapon sets because he did sets of unique weapons, uh, new tooling, 
and each set had some blast effects in it. And I think Hasbro should do the same thing. Do just like, you know, well, here, let me, let me pitch this at you. So, uh, do a battle pack in the battle. Am I using the right term? And then what they were called uh, accessory packs, accessory the, packs, battlefield Weren't accessories. They? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so do that and let's, let's recolor beachheads weapons to black for mm-hmm. gunmetal. Yeah. Boom. Uh, throw in maybe, maybe even, you know, if, if you want to go full Hasbro, throw in painted versions of some of the weapons that have already been released. And I realize deco is For more sure. expensive than tooling, but there are, I feel like there are ways to get these out there and get your money for them and possibly get even more money for them. Cause uh, they even asked about it during the live Q and a, somebody asked. About yeah. Somebody did ask packs. And about so that. to me, that's the better way. I don't, it, it's sort of like something I used to say about the, the, the Motu classics line when they would do like their weapons packs right like if you want it that's great you can spend the money you can get it yeah yeah your your figures aren't necessarily missing anything if you choose not to buy it but if you need that purple zodak vest then they made it for you so with this the i yeah i mean i was already indifferent to them because the the viper i don't know I'm, it's still just a figure. I'm just, like I said, I'm just indifferent to the overall look and sculpt of it. Um, it's not bad, but slapping an extra $15 on it just makes me go, this is an easy pass. Well, and that's the thing me. is I think they have taken what might have been a troop builder set that literally anybody would have bought if they had brought it in at say 70 bucks, which is sure. reasonable if you look at you know what they do with the Star Wars and Marvel troop builders. Uh, and now they've turned it into something that that is actually a turnoff to a lot of people because of so, the price and because yeah, of yeah, completists are going to buy it. A lot of people buy it just so they can have a set of vipers because the original viper was so hard to get initially. Right. But people aren't going to buy two or three of these like they would have if they were Mm-mm. if they were seventy bucks. And that's right. I mean, that's the opportunity you're losing out on. And that there's something else that we haven't yet covered as far as releases go. Yeah. Um, that I had that's, the same argument on actually to a greater degree, because I think that's the one where they are just really dropping the ball on maximizing their profit. Well, and we'll uh, let's uh, well, one last thing about the Viper three pack. It is completely plastic free packaging. Uh, I've said before, I'm all about the elimination of single use plastics. Uh, I think that's great. And, and for, for anybody who's kind of casually doesn't care about plastic, Here's the deal is we get, yes, we get all these plastic action figures, but those go on your shelf and you keep them forever and ever and ever. Whereas the, the windows and the trays and whatever else that are in the boxes, of the toys we buy, that's single use plastics. And that gets most people just throw that stuff away. And it's just building up and building up and building up. And is, is whether you want to believe it or not is very bad for earth and for the humans that live on earth. So if we can get rid of the plastic in toys, I'm all for that. We're at a point now where, especially with Hasbro products, you don't really have to worry about the paint job. I haven't gotten any classified figures with wonky paint jobs. Like these are pretty much assembly line put together now. I haven't had any issues. I'm not that worried about seeing the figure on the peg before I buy it. It's not like it's NECA. Um, And 
if you're a mint on card collector, well, you're just collecting boxes anyway. Like, what do you even care if you can <laughs> see the figure or not? You just want a box to put on your shelf. I know that's harsh mint on card people. I'm sure you're yelling at me right now. I just have never understood complete mint on card collecting. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Open that thing up and play with it. Yeah, otherwise, you're just collecting a box. So what does it matter? Pay $90 for your box and put it on your shelf. Uh, one other thing about the accessory packs that I want, or the uh, the blast effects that I wanted to comment on too, after opening my Alley Viper and realizing how just off the fault tolerances are on some of these uh, holes, um, I'm I'm not confident those blast effects are going to stay in those uh, those gun barrels. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've had some problems with those just falling apart as soon as you breathe on them wrong. I had I've had to like you know wet them to get the the holes to open up enough like with hot water to get the accessories in there it's so i don't know we'll see maybe i just got a bum alley viper with bum yeah i didn't have any issues i think it was the alley yeah it was the alley viper that you what what are you what are you what are you even talking about was it the alley viper it was one of the one of the figures i opened up recently that uh, I had some trouble getting. Well, the Alley Viper has the was the grapple hook or the grapple piece that goes into the barrel. Yeah, that's the is part that what you're talking had, about. Yeah, that's the part I had trouble with. Oh, okay. Because I had to, I had to actually run it under hot water to get it to actually fit, and then as soon as it dried off, it knocks over. Like you knock it over, and the thing just fall, falls right out. Really? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I'm so dumb. I didn't know where to put that thing. So, and in, in if you go watch the video on the Needless Things YouTube channel. I like fumble with it for like two minutes. I'm like, what is this? Where does it go? And then I finally figure it out. Uh, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Uh, so we saw carded samples of the retro classified figures. We did not get real good close-up looks at them, but we saw Lady J, Baroness, Gung-Ho uh, with fully shaved head, uh, which I thought was a nice uh, thing to, you know, keep it real. Uh, and then Destro who was extremely shiny, but is not vac metal, but is extremely shiny. Uh, so those will show up someday. Oh, wait, no, I think they said uh, March 24th, Walmart is doing another online collector con thing. Yeah. And I think that's when those are supposed to go up for pre-order, unless you find them in the store between now and then. I missed you, maybe the, you won't. I missed the question someone asked in the QA. I heard that someone was asking about the baroness that leaked i didn't hear their answer on that did they actually oh, address that yes they did uh emily said that some walmart or a lot of walmarts got their stock in and some just put it out early okay so, so that was that was legit that was actually a real baroness okay uh, and she said the reason it took them so long to answer on that one is because they actually had to look into it and see what had happened before they could comment on it there there are a lot of you know, like the 30 day pre-order thing that I mentioned a little while ago, there's a lot of legality involved with how Hasbro can comment on things with how do, you know, due to the contracts that they have with Walmart due to this and that and the other that we don't know about that affect 
how they address things, how they answer things. Like I saw somebody commented like, oh, they answered a bunch of softball questions on the the Q&A. Well, yeah, guess what, buddy? They're not going to pick your question. That's why do you hate G.I. Joe fans and why do you make every product so lousy? Like they're not picking your question, dumb, dumb, because you're rude and you're asking something like awful. Like, of course, they're going to pick like reasonable questions from reasonable people. They're not going to pick. Why do you hate Flint so much that you made a figure that looks like a piece of poop? Like they're not they're not picking that question, buddy. Sorry. Um, all right. Sorry. Anyway, uh, this blew me away. They pulled out super sevens reaction wave three, held them up, glowed about them, said how awesome they were and that they were coming soon. Yeah. I was blown away. I, I, I never expected to see another company's toy product on a Hasbro podcast in this way. Uh, it was Firefly, who I believe is a Sunbow Firefly. I'm not positive. Um, Baroness, who looked like kind of like the original toy, may have been Sunbow. I'm not sure. Uh, Cobra Commander, who I think was a comic Cobra Commander. But again, I'm not positive. It was a little darker blue. Yeah. Uh, Snake Eyes version 2, uh, Sunbow Flint, Sunbow Roadblock. And then they will be announcing the troop builders for this third wave sometime soon. Uh, so I, that was great. I loved seeing that. And Lenny was visibly excited at the quality of the product in his hands. Yeah, it seems like Christian has uh, been called off on a side mission. <laughs> so we will continue on and hopefully he'll be able to rejoin. Uh, he'll, he'll fly in here on a skyhawk any minute now uh all right i just oh, hope of if, course... they, if they do the firefly it would be great if it came with a uh a, some sort of recreation of his cell phone accessory that looked somewhat close to the figure that's not going to happen but i can dream no, no that's definitely <laughs> not going to happen but i mean we'll i would imagine we'll get an o-ring firefly at some point uh, we'll see we'll see if, how successful it, this line uh, is well right uh, okay, so we gotta we gotta keep it moving. We gotta wrap this thing up. They mentioned a tabletop game uh, that I'm. It's just not in my alley. I know a lot of people who like painting little metal figures, and if you're one of those people, this is the game for you. There you go. Uh, and then finally, O Ring. We have the Cobra Two Pack, the Officer and the Trooper. Uh, went up for pre order after this panel, and they. We we saw that yes, the format is the big weak cardboard box with the two figures inside on weak card backs with a ton of extraneous accessories. Yep. I don't like the format. I don't like the fact that they've already raised the 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 overpriced has become the more overpriced. 5% increase back up to $42 for a two pack. And said, so this is what I wanted to rant about before because I think they're missing out on an opportunity because people would buy the heck out of this. If it was a reasonable price, if they were selling two for, for $30, let's just say that's a fairly reasonable price. I think for just two figures without any extra accessories, without, oh, 100%. The, without the outside box, 
people would people would go and they would buy the the limit that Hasbro would preset yes. on the website yes. for orders because people want to troop build troopers and, and officers old o-ring figures uh old o-ring figure fans are gonna really really want that but when you raise it to 42 bucks like because i i said i'll troop be uh, troop build these if they're reasonable but i was almost hesitant to buy the two-pack well and you know what this is where my weird toy collector logic comes in it's almost worse that they have that box and all those extra accessories because it makes you feel like junk that you don't want is what's jacking the price up. I would almost feel better about this if it was just the two figures for $41.99 without yeah. the extra junk, because then I'd feel like, well, that's what they cost. Look, I'm paying $18 for, for super seven stuff. I guess these are $21 a piece now and I'll live with it. But having that, that extra box and those extra accessories, I feel like, well, I'm paying for junk that I, I will throw in the trash. Yeah, man. I, I completely agree with you there. So I, I would rather them like, just get rid of that stuff. If you, if you're going to fleece me, at least fleece me with stuff that is exactly what I want. And, and again, the figures are great. Mm-hmm. I, I love the storm shadow and snake eyes. I love, I like the finish on them so much. I love my old glossy O-rings, but this new matte finish on these just looks so nice to me. And like I said before, this is, this is a new collection. It's a new thing. It's not supplementing O-rings because they don't match them. They don't go with them. And that's fine by me. Uh, so that went up for pre-order. I, I ordered one and uh, you know, I, when this happened, I was pretty positive. I was going to order two of, if they were going to do two packs, I was going to order two of each set. Uh, and I didn't, I ordered one set of these. Uh, they're not going to get me for two at this price. Yeah. I'm not doing, cause I was going to keep two meant on card and open two for every single one of these. Well, at this price, with- I can't do it especially considering that there are third party manufacturers like black major that are putting out pretty authentic looking o-ring troopers and other troop builders and all sorts of customs that are i mean comparably priced to this so hasbro could take the opportunity to undercut them a little bit by putting out officially licensed right mass produced should be easy to get in at a lower price point and they're not taking advantage of that yeah, so I, I just and Christian was back for a minute <laughs> and didn't really have an opportunity to chime in, and now he's been he's been dragged away again. That's because he's a no ring guy, a no that's ring true. Guy. He is it's the old Christian no rings, no knives. Uh, all right, and then we had another. Well, gosh, I I hope he gets back in for this one because I feel like he's he's got a dog in this hunt. The, the to me the biggest and most exciting announcement of this entire panel because since i was ever since i was a kid i have so badly wanted transformers that were compatible with gi joe figures it's a dream i've always had i never thought it would happen because it's just not realistic you can't make a transformer big enough for gi joe figures it's just cost wise you just can't do it it right, wouldn't happen without- not without like, you know, making miniature G.I. Joe figures or, right. you know, just having like a, a, a smaller human sized transformer. But th- th- there's so there's so many limitations to that. Yeah, there's just no way it would work. And yet 
we had uh, a gentleman from the Transformers line came out and showed us Baroness with a hiss tank that transforms into Megatron. Which and Baroness fits into the hiss tank. Is is tell us about this hiss tank, Noel. You're the Transformers guy. Well, it's and mentioned that like I saw this news the night before. So we kind of had an idea this was coming. I did not expect it to be coming the next day. Well, like, I, and was... I didn't. Christian's coming back in. So we we definitely have to uh, get his input on this as well. But I, I saw they had a, like a, a, a Transformer G.I. Joe collaboration, which, by the way, collab. 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 Okay. Not, co- not collab. My gosh. Um, <laughs> so. And and my assumption was it would be something like we've gotten in the past where it's a G.I. Joe figure and a, a non-scaled Transformer just packaged with it. And I had zero interest in that. Or uh, you get something like you get a... A, a, a repainted vamp, Joe vehicle, right. Yeah, a vamp right. that's painted like Hound or a Sky Striker that's right. Starscream and, and, or whatever. You know, depending on what it was, maybe I would be into that. But I never imagined they would deliver this. Fully transformable... Uh, and vehicle mode, the hiss tank, you've got you know Megatron's fusion cannon mounted onto the the the, the back of it, uh, and you can see a little bit of the Megatron feet on the front of it. But other than that, it's indistinguishable from a regular GI Joe hiss tank. It is a like a perfect creation hiss tank that then transforms into a Megatron, which is uh, you know to scale with your Baroness figure that comes with it, your O ring Baroness, by the way. It's it's yeah, and that's when I first saw it. For some reason, I thought it would be a uh, uh, modern era Baroness. I don't know why I thought that. I'm so glad it's O-ring, and I know yeah. not everybody feels that way, but I I do. I I'm thrilled because I was a kid when I wanted this to happen, and what I had when I was a kid was O-rings. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is phenomenal, Christian. Yeah. What was your response when you saw this thing? Uh, my jaw dropped. Because I, yeah, I didn't, like you said, I I did not think that this is what it would be considering the previous um, type right. of collabs that they did, or sorry, collabs that they did. <laughs> Stop but, that. <laughs> but, but also, even with a lot of Transformers, there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief whenever they transform into the vehicle. And this is, I mean, this is spot on. Yeah, vehicle yeah, is definitely works. designed around the vehicle mode. And I will say, I as a as a Transformers guy, I have some issue with the way that Megatron looks. I wish they'd gone for a monotone, like a monochrome look, and just have him be a black colored Megatron. Mm. Um, because to me, he looks like G one Megatron with a bunch of black tank parts hanging off of him. Well, and here's here's where I reconcile that. I'm looking at this as a transformer that's part of the G.I. Joe toy line. So his aesthetics are what that would be, as opposed to a G.I. Joe that's in the Transformers toy line, like the Snowcat that they did. Mm-hmm. Um what, I feel like they've done one or two other things like they that. They did a Rattler. It was a re, it was a repaint of the Power Glide. Yeah, um, that was yeah. Rattler. And his name was Viper, and he had a Cobra, yeah, uh, Cobra and Decepticon symbol. 
so yeah stuff like like that it's it's a different aesthetic to me which is why i'm okay with like the thighs or the hollow like you can see like i don't care because this is well that's the way a lot of the transformers right now are so this is it's it's unbelievable it's it's something like i said i've always dreamed of so excited about it price wise this is the most reasonable thing they put out dude i was expecting 150 yeah 90 bucks for this set and you figure the Baroness is 20 bucks of that at the current well, 22 22 yeah. $22 figure so if you if you're saying you got this brand new sculpted Megatron which is Huge. the size of a his tank and that's larger than almost all transformers that are on the market right now and you're giving me that thing for 70 bucks I'll take it that's yeah. that is that's a that's a bargain at this point I agree I agree 100 I'm I'm so excited for this thing I think they nailed it uh, and of course, since this is what we do here, we've got to speculate. What else could they do? Now, apparently, uh, on the box art, they already hinted at something with a sting. Yeah. You know, Hasbro loves Bumblebee. Bumblebee is the, you know, kind of the biggest name in Transformers, really, I guess, in the modern era. Uh, and my thought was a tiger sting that transforms into Bumblebee would make a lot of sense but i wonder how you do a jeep because the his tank has plenty of space to hide a transformer Mm -hmm. i think a jeep is a little more difficult proposition yeah the vamp does the vamp's got a lot of empty space that's why the his tank can get away with it is because it's a very solid unit i mean it's hollow inside but there's there's a large chunk of that that you can hide stuff in. Whereas yeah, you vamp, gotta have somewhere to put the parts. Yeah, the vamp, the vamp would be a little bit more difficult to do that with. Um, yeah, unless you did a vamp mark two where it has the roof and the well, and that's what that's what the tiger sting would be. Yeah, but it has to be compatible with figures, so that cockpit is still has to be open to put figures in. Well, it just has yeah. to have enough space for one figure. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, ideally, yes, you would want it to have both, but if they needed space to, you know, hide so you could fold up an arm, then you just need to be able to open that driver's side door to put your figure in. So did you guys come up with any other ideas? Because I feel like it has to be a mid-sized vehicle. It can't be anything too small. It's not going to be anything too big. Did you guys come up with any other possibilities? I thought of a couple. Um, I, I was thinking big on a couple of them, but like where you kind of go a little backwards on this is that most of the designs that you think of that would go really well with a with an exist like a GI Joe vehicle to go well with the Transformers are, are on the opposite side. So like you know you think of a, yes. you think of a, a fighter jet. And you think of this like Starscream and Thundercracker and Skywarp. So clearly doing a Sky Striker into one of those wouldn't be. Now you could do Jetfire. That would work possibly with a Sky Striker. But then that's a huge. And you're talking, if we're getting, you know, $229 for the, just the Sky Striker right. remold, a that's going to cost one. you $300, $400 probably at that price point. So a little bit of a stretch. Um, I did, I was thinking of like smaller vehicles. I know the, the Vamp as hound i think would have been my choice but as you mentioned bumblebee is probably what they're hinting at so 
that seems like the most logical way to go. We'll see what the engineering looks like on it, if they are able to do that. Um, but I was actually thinking of um, something like um, like the Wolverine or another another vehicle about that size and maybe yeah. doing that as one of your Autobot characters. Who, you know, you got a lot of ways you can go with it, but, um, you know, you could always do a Hound because he's a more military guy. Even yeah, though yeah. He cheap. makes sense. for yeah. for He could be adapted for a lot of them. Yeah. Christian, did you come up with... Uh, I did. My idea is totally a HasLab project because it's going to be five or six hundred bucks. The USS flag is Fortress Maximus. <laughs> no, actually, it, it would, even though knowing that you would buy it no matter what, it's something that you would jump at because I was thinking the whale as sea spray. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because you don't, because figures just have to go into the top. You don't yeah, that's have to true. worry about a cockpit. Yeah. So you have plenty of space to be able to make him transform and look like sea spray. That's a really good point. They could they could really even do a, a little bit of a scaled down whale. Well, you, know, to keep you have it. to do that because sea spray was this big. Well, <laughs> but I mean, you could do. Oh, well, and even and even in fiction, if you have a sea spray that's twice the, the height of Megatron, you're. <laughs> I, I can suspend my disbelief in a lot of ways, but that's that's stretching it right there. I wonder if you could. What if you? Instead of downsizing a whale, what if you upsized a devil fish enough to make it sea spray? Or you could just do the devil fish as sea spray. And I think that that would work with scale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about having enough or space tiger, again for the transformation. The tiger force uh, water moccasin. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of like smaller. I was thinking of smaller vehicles. Just keep so the price point down. Noel's Megatron doesn't feel inferior. <laughs> <laughs> so. Here, here are the ones that I came up with. Scale is so important in the Transformers storyline, right? <laughs> well, when you're putting uh, the GI Joes, it's going to matter. So I came up with Cup as the APC. Oh, and he would come with Grunt. Uh, Ironhide as the Mobat with Steeler, uh, which I understand the natural desire for Ironhide would, be, or for the Mobat would probably be what Warpath. Bing, zow, pow. Yeah. Yes. Nobody knows who Warpath is. So you just make him Ironhide. Um, and then, of course, the obvious one is the... What are, I can't remember the name of it, and I own it. The Snowcat Transformer. Just do, do that as a Snowcat with Frostbite. <laughs> his, name, his name was Snowcat. And then my... The oh, was it? Was, yeah. The character okay, was, okay. But he was a Decepticon. Uh, and then... The my favorite one that I came up with was Springer as the dragonfly with Wild mm. Bill. Mm. Oh, okay. And I think mm. that I think that would be doable. It wouldn't, you know, it's not going to be quite like this hiss. I don't. Th I don't think many of these can be as faithful as the hiss is. But this I is do think. This is a very blocky design. So right. I would say that's going to be the first thing that you would think of. It, it, as a matter of fact, customs I've seen, the Hiss tank is almost always the base. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. When they've done even some of the crossover comics, a bunch of Transformers turn into Hiss tanks because it's just an easy design. It's just essentially like a cube with a little snout. Right. <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, anyway, this is fascinating. Unbelievable that this is happening. Fascinating to think about what they could possibly do in the future. Uh, for the listeners, if you've got any ideas, uh, tweet them at us. Hit us up, uh, Audible Inter- or GI Joe Audible on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Uh, I I think there are all kinds of possibilities, and I I want any of them. Uh, all right, you guys. Well, that wraps up uh, the bulk of this episode. It is time to close this thing down. Welcome to Knowing is Half the Babble, where we each get a little bit of time to ramble about anything. Uh, I'm going to kick it off because I want to get mine out of the way because it's about me being a big giant dum-dum. So I hope by the time Christian and Noel are done, everybody will have forgotten what I said here. Uh, so two years ago, I got, I've, I've talked about this many times on the show. It's part of what kicked this show off. My friend Wilson gave me a, an attache full of Joe figures, mostly complete with their accessories. Uh, There were a few broken thumbs in there. And at the time, I just wasn't current on vintage Joe collecting. Uh, I didn't know what prices were. I didn't know what scarcity was. I I just hadn't looked into it because I'd always assumed it's going to be too expensive for me to pursue whatever. So I went through, took them all apart, cleaned them up, put in new O-rings. And in the process of doing that, uh, there was a zap in there. He was complete, but both thumbs were broken and not knowing any better. I thought, well, and, and, and look, I understand in hindsight, I should have gotten on eBay right then. I should have talked to Noel right then. Literally dozens of options that would have prevented me from doing the stupid thing that I did. But I saw those broken thumbs and I was like, well, I'll get some new arms for zap. And I threw them in the trash. (laughs) So so is dave allowed to share with the group anymore oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) look mr no knife (laughs) um so i have since learned obviously that you're lucky to even get broken thumb zaps (laughs) so the dumb dumb thing that i did last week is i bought a zap figure with broken thumbs just like the one that was freely given to me two years ago just so i would have arms for my zap so i could put him out because you you just you can't know if you're listening you probably know you just can't find a zap without broken thumbs so but here is here is the silver lining it's not even a silver lining here's the part that makes this whole dumb dumb episode not so bad is i got that zap for 26 bucks shipped which there is go. pretty good even for broken thumbs at thumb, like yeah. that's a pretty phenomenal price because believe me i've been looking for like a year now uh so i've got my broken thumbs app and and honestly looking at the prices i'll probably never have a non-broken thumbs app <laughs> so there you go uh uh noel why don't you share with the group next all right so i was uh going through some old uh, publications that I that I had amassed over the years, and I did find my old issues of the G.I. Joe magazine. Oh, oh man. man. So um, I've, been th- I've been 
looking for these forever because I knew I still had some. I was like, I know I didn't throw these. I threw a bunch of old like wrestling magazines away years ago and some other stuff. But I was like, I know I didn't throw away my G.I. Joe magazines. I can only find two. I'm pretty sure I had some more of them. Um, this was the other one. This one's cover is coming off. Oh, but it's beautiful. Look at that. The artwork on this stuff was so amazing. I did, you know, they, they these came with like um, uh, flag points and stuff like that. So I cut out, I cut out the flag points when they were in there. Like they actually would. This one I think has an uncut flag point in there. Um, I, of course, the people who are listening can't see, but I wanted to show this specifically to Dave because I remember bringing this up to you a few years back when, and I was surprised that you did not know it existed. But yeah, this was the original ad for oh. the Sergeant Slaughter LJN style figure um, that was advertised, and this was a and it was. Eight dollars plus oh. a buck fifty postage and handling in 1986 or 87 when this magazine came out. And <sighs> biggest regret I ever had was not actually just going and buying all of these because you're like, eh, I don't need that. I don't really collect my wrestling figures anymore. Well, right at the time, who wanted that? Yeah, uh, I, which I is did. why it's so scarce and expensive now. Right, and so yeah, if you want if you want the Sergeant Slaughter figure now, be ready to shell out a few hundred bucks. Eight hundred dollars. Yeah, eight hundred bucks if you want one in pristine condition. If you want one that's beat up, you're still going to pay two, three hundred dollars for <laughs> if it. If you want one that's beat up, you're still going to pay seven hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen some that look like they came out of a dog <laughs> that are like over five hundred. It's insane how much that thing costs now. But yeah, it just uh, it was really cool to go back and look and flip through these. Um, these articles, they, they would give you some updates on, you know, some toys that were coming out, but a lot of it was like just silly things. Um, like is a, a little story, a peril in Paris where, uh, you got to see psych out, uh, face to face with crystal ball, Ooh. the ultimate 1987 Perry. Yes. The match <laughs> of the century. I remember. A friend of mine had some because I believe the earlier version of that was a little bit smaller, um, and it may have been something different entirely. I don't know, but it was it was a GI Joe like fan club type publication. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend would get them, and I I don't I don't know why I didn't. But one of the articles was how you could detail your GI Joe figures with a sharpie. Oh. <laughs> if you if you wanted the grenades and stuff that weren't painted. To have color, you could de- you could detail them with a sharpie. I remember Which that being in an article. Similar fashion to you getting that windfall from from your friend of all the old Joes uh, from their childhood. I got a bunch from my friend Doug uh, that I got a little over a year ago that I told you about, and he had yeah. he had done a lot of that with his. But not only doing <laughs> that, like he had put like berets on some of the figures using Sculpey and painted them, and so Whoa. he actually he did a, he did a great job with it. But obviously, it's not quite. The display piece now. If right, I want to show the, off original Joe's, but I, I, shows you want. If if Doug is listening, I give you kudos for your amazing uh, uh, skill. It probably you know, eleven years old. Uh, right, coloring up your GI Joe figures with uh, with sharpies and paint pens. <laughs> All right, Christian. Well, well, after listening to the two of you, I am totally shifting my knowing is half the battle, <laughs> and I want to let our listeners know in case you are not aware of this person if you do have problems with broken crotches broken thumbs on your gi joe figures please 
after you watch the Needless Things YouTube channel, go to Toy Poloy YouTube channel or toypoloy.com. Uh, it's this man from over in the UK that specializes in restoration of vintage action figures. Uh, he does Star Wars. He does Action Man. He's done some Transformers, Masters of the Universe. Uh, he has restored a whale. Um, I believe he has, I mean, there's plenty of figures that he has done. And uh, he shows you how to color match the paint. Um, and the tricks that he uses aren't all that difficult. Um, he uses a lot of Lego, actually, to be able to repair. But when it comes to the crotches and thumbs, he shows you how to just use a little bit of wire, uh, a pin vise, and some milliput. And, you know, for a display piece on your shelf, I have found color matching paint, by the way, is a lot harder, <laughs> even when people will tell you. But, hey, experiment with it because to have that, you know, don't pass up on a figure just because it looks broken there's people out there that can show you how to fix it. So again, uh, head over to Toy Poloy on YouTube, toypoloy.com, um, and and check him out because he's got a lot of uh, good um, advice on there on, on how to repair stuff. Nice. That's uh, even even if like you don't need the information, it sounds like it'd be fascinating just to see his processes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I outside of the specific figures that he has done um just the amount of stuff that i have learned to be able to apply to other repairs that i've had to do on other toy lines and he also does um sticker recreations that yep. you can print out some of them he does charge a small fee um not anything crazy it's more of i think just as licensing kind of thing um some of them are totally free but like he has patterns for all the old vintage capes that you can print out and that way you can oh nice your, yeah. your fabric or your vinyl so um yeah definitely check him out guys yeah i was gonna mention the stickers because i've seen his uh he does the repro so you basically just you pay for a pdf that you can print out on whatever material you want you know sticker material and and, and redo your figures so it's like you know if Toy Hacks is great, but if you want to pay a little bit less and you just want to print your own, then that's the way to get them. They don't have as much, as many different lines as Toy Hacks does, but it's a good alternative, especially for like, he has a bunch of Star Wars stuff last yeah. time I looked. Well, awesome. Cool. All right, you guys, uh, that is all we've got for this month. Uh, we are investigating possibly a little format change or a little timing change for the future. So stay tuned for that. And our April episode will be out before you know it. Who knows how much news we'll have between now and then. Uh, I want to thank Andy Samford of electricminnowmusic.com for creating all the music you hear during this episode. Uh, please, again, do check out Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram and G.I. Joe Audible on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the show, what you want to hear. Noel, you want to tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international costume club that, of course, specializes in G.I. Joe and other related items, such as Action Man. Uh, we have members all across the globe, and um, we raise money for a great charity called Canines for Warriors. And now that, uh, you know, the convention circuit's heating up, you'll probably see us at places like Joe Fest. If you're attending Joe Fest, uh, there will be a Finest table. 
um, where you can uh, you can donate uh, donate some of your uh, hard earned bucks to a fantastic cause and and help some veterans and some some cute little doggies. And finally, Christian, where can we find that wonderful toy photography that is slowly ruining the toy industry? <laughs> you can find me on Flickr and on Instagram under Legion Cub. All right. Well, thanks a lot, you guys, for sitting down and talking about G.I. Joe. And as always, yo, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.